ladies and gentlemen, the Conservative Daily Podcast is back on the air. And now your host, Max McGuire. Welcome back. Second hour of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Sorry if this is stressing you out, but this is the kind of stuff we need to talk about because this man, if he's allowed to stay in office for even an, another week, I, I don't know how we survive this. Our enemies are already at the <laughs> chomping at the bit to take advantage of Joe Biden's incompetence. He has to be removed from office. So we are running a fax blast today. Link is in the description. I've also put it in the comment sections. Um, so And on DLive, it's one of the panels. So make sure you join this because it, <laughs> he, ha- he has to be removed from office. There's literally no other way. As we keep getting into, we have a couple more clips from him. I wanted to showcase this. Put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This is um, the Taliban showing off just some of the weapons they've captured from us. Some of the weapons that they have captured from us, we left behind. So you see light machine guns, see a lot of M4s. There are entire shipping containers of M4s that we just left behind. Didn't disable. They can shoot us with them all they want. We left them Humvees. We left them everything. So if you go ahead and, and take that down off the screen, Mr. Producer, I want to juxtapose that with the latest guidance. This is a quick aside, but it's important. The latest decision-making out of the State Department. Go ahead, put up my screen again, Mr. Producer. The United States imposes additional costs on Russia for the poisoning of Alexei Navalny. Alexei Navalny is a Russian politician, uh, activist, opposition leader who was poisoned in Russia allegedly by Russian security forces. So the Russian government poisoned a Russian citizen on Russia soil, in Russia, um, in Russian soil. So this is the State Department announcing that they are levying new sanctions against Russia. So what are the new sanctions? The new sanctions are, and I quote, restriction on the permanent imports of certain Russian firearms, new and pending permit applications for the permanent importation of firearms and ammunition manufactured or located in Russia will be subject to a policy of denial. So because Russia killed a Russian on Russian soil, Americans, starting in September, will no longer have access to Russian ammunition. Now, that might not seem like a big deal. And I know there's a lot of people out there who's, oh, buy American. American's better. Here's the problem. There are entire calibers of ammunition where the only real access to that ammo is by going through Russia. Go back to my screen. This is AmmoSeq. This is a search engine that you can use to find ammunition. Typically, a thousand rounds of steel-cased 762 by 39 ammo for an AK-47 variant type firearm. Usually that'll cost you about 20 cents a round. Right now, it's jumped to 50 cents a round. The gougers, the gougers are gouging. Fine. Starting in September, that will no longer be for sale. You will not be able to import any additional um, pallets of Russian ammunition into the country. Maybe there's a few that come in afterwards, but no new applications for import will be accepted. Because remember, Russia killed a Russian on Russian soil. So that's why you can't access affordable ammunition. You understand? So that's 762 by 39. Let's go back. And this is the one that's that really, it's just, it's just so obvious. 5.45 by 39. This is the ammo for an AK-74 type firearm. So Obama banned 5.45 surplus ammunition. So now you can't do it. Too dangerous. So the surplus ammunition that everyone was using got banned. So then Russia tooled up to make this steel-cased 5.45 ammunition. 
Now, when that is banned, with the exception of a, a couple small runs for hunting ammunition, it will be impossible to get ammunition in the United States for this gun, an AK-74 type rifle. There is, There are no American manufacturers of the ammo. None. Does not exist. You can only buy them in steel-cased Russian uh, shipments. So Joe Biden, stroke of the pen, has just outlawed the purchase of for entire entire calibers of ammunition. This is huge. This was our facts blast yesterday, and we're going to run it again because this it's not just these obscure firearms. Realize an AR-15 fires two, two, three, or five, five, six. People use steel case ammunition for that because it's cheaper. If you're going to the range, you don't have a very high end rifle. You shoot that because if you don't, especially if you don't reload, it doesn't make sense. Why spend more for brass if you're just going to chuck it anyway? So when that's off the market, you're going to have more people trying to buy the brass ammunition. So supply will be artificially limited, but the demand goes up. So already we've seen other calibers of ammunition jump five to 10 cents around just in the past two days. As soon as this truly hits, it's going to go way up. It's going to go way up. Sheridan says Russian ammo sucks. It does. It does. But you know what? Try shooting an AK-47 with American-made brass ammo. And tell me how long you can afford that. <laughs> you might as well be shooting 50 caliber at that point. It's expensive. It's expensive stuff. But yeah, no. Single, exe single executive action. Joe Biden, because Russia killed a Russian on Russian soil, you can no longer buy affordable ammunition. Just want a, a brief aside. While we're on the topic of, of the Taliban, Joe Biden has no plan to stop them from using ammunition, but he does have a plan in place to stop you from buying affordable ammunition. Taliban gets free bullets. You have to pay more if you can even find it. So that's this aside. Just wanted, that happened over the weekend. Didn't want to ignore it because it's very important and we are going to keep fighting back against it because no president should have the power to make it illegal to feed certain guns. The guns are particularly dangerous. No president should have the power to do that. Okay, let's get back into this. A couple more clips from Biden. Joe Biden, this is one where he says, it was my decision, mine alone. Buck stops with me. And then he says, oh, but it was also a consensus opinion. What? Play cut number cut number nine. All kinds of cables, all kinds of advice. If you notice, it ranged from this group saying that they didn't say it fall when it would fall, when it did fall, but saying that it would fall to others saying it wouldn't happen for a long time and they'd be able to sustain themselves through the end of the year. I made the decision. The buck stops with me. I took the consensus opinion. The consensus opinion was that, in fact, it would not occur if it occurred until later in the year. So it was my decision. <laughs> my decision but it was a consensus decision. So it was my decision, but I, I looked around me and everyone else agreed. Listen, the, the Israelis have an excellent way of going about this. I, 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 think, I think it's called the 12th man, whatever it is. They always have someone in the room who is going to play devil's advocate, who's always going to look at it from a different position. So if everyone in the room says, oh, Afghanistan is not going to fall in, in 10 days, that extra person, it's his job to operate from the opposite lens, to begin researching and arguing that it will fall very quickly. 
so that there isn't ever a, an echo chamber. There's always the other uh, viewpoint being presented. That's what Israel does. And it's been very successful to them. They've been able to survive as a country in large part because they do not allow echo chambers to form within their government when they're making important decisions. There's always someone in there who's at least just playing devil's advocate to argue the opposite conclusion. Not with Joe Biden. There's a consensus opinion. And then here we go. Joe Biden, as we've heard from the White House, always never shies away from a question, always willing to take questions from the press. Here is where Joe Biden just walks away. Cut number 10. Thanks. Mr. President, what about ISIS and the threat that Americans face now? Always willing to take a good question, that Joe Biden is. Always willing to take a good question. Okay, that's it. No more Joe Biden. Don't want to hear it. But we're going to play some clips from other idiots in his administration because they're not getting smarter. Like, it'd be one thing if they're learning from their mistakes. It'd be one thing if they said, listen, we bungled the first week of this collapse of this foreign country. I promise. I promise you we've studied, we've learned, and we're going to do better. No, they're just as bad. Just now they're more out there. Before they were really bad in private, hiding. Now they're really bad with the cameras on. This is Secretary of State Blinken forgetting the name of Afghanistan's former president, most recent president. Let's play cut number 11. Go back a week. The government fell. Uh, and by the way, I was on the phone with, with President Karzai the day before when he was telling me his intent as he put it to fight to the death. Well, the next day he was gone. So that isn't possible because Hamid Karzai left office in 2014. Ashraf Ghani was the president of Afghanistan until last week. So this is a man who's supposed to be the smart one. He's supposed to be the smart one. And yes, sometimes we get mixed up with names, right? Sometimes it happens. But <laughs> he's literally bad-mouthing someone who hasn't been in office for years. He isn't even the most recent president. Ashraf Ghani is the one who loaded the plane with money and fled. That was, I was on the phone with Hamid Karzai. He promised he was going to hold the country. And uh, a week later, he was gone. Well, either he forgot the name or he was calling the wrong president. Which is it? Which is it? He's supposed to be the smart one. Here's the Secretary of Defense, good old Austin, being fact-checked live on, on television. Let's play cut 12. You've got tens of thousands of people out there desperate to get to the airport surrounded by the Taliban. So why can't the U.S. send convoys out there? If you have uh, an American passport and if you have the right credentials, the Taliban has been allowing people to, uh, to, to pass safely through. Not in all cases. Uh, there, there's no such thing as an absolute in this kind of environment, as you would imagine, uh, Martha. There, there, there have been incidents of uh, people uh, you know, having some, some tough encounters with, with Taliban. As we learn about those uh, incidents, we certainly go back and engage the Taliban leadership and, and, uh, and press home to them that our expectation is that they allow uh, you know, our people with the, with the appropriate con uh, credentials to get through the, through the checkpoints. But what an ass. This guy is supposed to be in charge of the Pentagon. He is supposed to be our top war fighter. And in this clip, what you heard from him is that, oh, well, nothing's absolute. They said they'd let them in, but nothing's absolute. And when we hear cases of Americans not being allowed to get the airport, 
we really press on them that they have to let the Americans through if they have the proper credentials. You see how he, he even adds that caveat? How about just you let all Americans through? I mean, <laughs> the Taliban steals their credentials at the other checkpoint. They get to the next checkpoint. They don't have their credentials. Under this guy's under this guy's orders, they shouldn't let him through. I mean, this is insane. This guy runs the Pentagon, the United States military. He has the ability to destroy these check, checkpoints from altitude with precision munitions. He's like, oh, no, we have to, uh, we just have to hope, hope, right? We're going to make sure. Yeah, yeah, Newcase says he's going to send them a, a sternly worded letter or tweet. That's what war, U.S. warfighting has become. And again, just to hammer it home, put up image zero, Mr. Producer. Image zero, the difference between Eisenhower and Milley is one, one of them actually won a war. The other one got a lot of medals and ribbons. And he smiled. And he smiled in his picture. Notice that Ike isn't smiling. It's not all fun and games. No need to smile. You don't want a smile. You want to be mean, tough. But hey, at least he got those ribbons, though. They're pretty good ribbons. I mean, I, I kill for some of those ribbons. We well, know he didn't, but we we I would kill for some of those ribbons. Anyway, so we have SecDef, who last week said he needed a safe space to process the collapse of Afghanistan. Now saying, well, they're gonna say we have to hope that the that the Taliban lets them through. Here's the Pentagon admitting they're still not sure how many Americans are in Afghanistan stuck behind Taliban lines. Let's play cut 13. David. John, were you being uh, <clears throat> deliberately vague when you uh, said the number of Americans was several thousand, or was it <clears throat> because you're not sure of the number? If, if you need to check the number, I mean, that's, that's the most important number here, the number of Americans. So if it's just a, a matter of checking the number, can you do that and give it to us? Or if you're being deliberately vague, tell, tell me why you're being deliberately vague. I think I'm just going to leave it at several thousand right now, Dave. Well, then tell us why. Because I think uh, the number is very fluid um, and it literally changes nearly by the hour. It's not more fluid than, than these 11,000, 37,000. I'm going to leave it at several thousand right now. Wafa. So if you need to know, can you go find the number and tell us? Nah, I'm just going to leave it at several thousand. Why? It's fluid. But it's no more fluid than you being able to tell us that 11,000 Afghans have gotten out. Why? Just tell us. Tell us why. He's like, nah, I'm just going to keep it at a few thousand. What an idiot. I mean, this is a masterclass of how not to respond to a crisis. Anyone who ever has um, a goal in mind that they want to be um, a press secretary, or they want to do press relations for any uh, for any kind of company or or famous person. This is a masterclass of how not to respond to a crisis. It is all they had to do was come out with a number, say we think this is how many are there, but we th it could go it could be more, it could be less, but this is the number we are working with. But they won't do it because they don't actually have the number. Listen, if they could tell us how many they've saved, they'd tell us. I mean, if they're proud of it, they'd tell us. They know how many Americans have gotten on flights and been taken out of Afghanistan. They know. They know the answer. But they won't tell it. Here, here is them again saying that oh, the only thing they can tell us is a couple hundred Americans have gotten out. Let's play cut 14. Continues. The airport remains secure. Evacuation flights Fire. are steadily increasing. And we are doing everything we can to maximize 
safe evacuations. Liar. In the past 24 hours, uh, 15 C-17s arrived with uh, several hundred more troops that allowed us to get to that 5,800 number and also some supplies. As of 0300 Eastern EDT today, this morning, and for the previous 24 hours, 16 C-17s and one C-130 uh, departed Kabul. Uh, these flights contain nearly 6,000 passengers, including a couple hundred American citizens. Since August 14th, as the, as the President noted earlier today, uh, we have airlifted approximately... Did, did I hear that right? 6,000 people, and of them, only a couple hundred Americans? That, that's, that's the... They're, they're patting themselves on the back for that? That's what they're patting themselves on the back for. Let, 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 let's jump forward one clip. We're gonna, let's play this. This is cut 16. This is Kamala Harris saying that this drawdown is successful. Let's play cut 16. On the issue of Afghanistan. And to that end, we have seen a successful drawdown of the embassy. So a successful drawdown is in 24 hours. They got 6,000 people out, but of them only a couple hundred are Americans. Remember, the last time we had this show, it was the same deal. It was like 6,000 people, and of them, nearly 300 were taken out. So they are not even surpassing 300 a day, Americans getting out. And what was the number we started with last week? 10,000? Some people have said it could be as high as 40,000? And they're getting 300 out a day? When, as I just told you, the Taliban now has the U.S. military's biometric identity system, identifier system, to be able to tell who people are. And they're, they're content with that, 300 Americans a day. Oh, and, and by the way, we're not going to go out and help you. Just pray that the Taliban honors the agreement. Even though the average Taliban soldier can't read and write, don't worry. Just hand them your credentials and they'll let you through. This is insanity. This is insanity. And, and you, as it's always been said, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. Joe Biden is not the man. He... he wasn't duly elected, but now that he's been installed as president, he has proven he's incapable of doing the job. As I said earlier, he has been weighed and measured and he's been found wanting. He can't do it. Every day that we let this man be commander in chief, <laughs> we're just guaranteeing more of this. This is what happens when Joe Biden actually has to do the job and can't defer to his, um, to his delegates because his delegates can't order the military in or out. It has to be him. Unbelievable. This was a this was a line of questioning. It was actually pretty interesting about opening up another airfield, another airfield, because obviously the airport's not going to work. It's not going to work. They're going eight hours. There are eight hour periods where not a single flight goes out and they've just closed all of the gates into the airport for security reasons. Obviously, the airport's not going to work as an evacuation zone. Here's a very simple question. Why don't you open up another air, airfield? Why don't you go to Bagram Air Base? Well, <laughs> Biden administration official didn't really enjoy that. Let's play cut 15. Given the, the number of people who are in hiding who were either SIV recipients, some Americans, uh, Afghan allies, why not reopen Bagram Air Base? Why not go get an agreement to from the Qataris to come and land in Kandahar and Mazar-e-Sharif elsewhere? We saw the Qataris bring the Mullah Baradar back with a, a C-17. Why not use the Pakistanis and the, Tal and the Qataris to help bring people out from, because right now you're just bringing people out from Kabul and it's a, it's a choke point. 
Well, uh, first of all, the flow, the throughput has in, in improved and increased, um, and uh, and I'm not going to. Uh, I don't think it would be a useful uh, expenditure of our time to Monday morning quarterback the whole issue with Bagram. It was closed down as part of the retrograde. No, it, it was not. So go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Old article from July 6th. U.S. left Afghan airfield at night and didn't even tell the new commander. We abandoned the airfield in the middle of the night and didn't even tell the new commanding officer who was left there. Because obviously the Afghan, Afghan military was going to keep it. So the Afghan military didn't even know when we left. Didn't even know. So that question from Jennifer... Griffin, is a very good question. Seeing what's happening here, why don't you set up another spot? Let's let's call it Airfield B. Obviously, A isn't working out. Make another airfield. Oh, we have this other airfield that we built. Why don't you just go take it over again? Take it over. You didn't destroy it as you should when you're leaving a war zone. But anyways, that's very common. When you're leaving a war zone, you destroy the airfield so the enemy can't use it. You know, we left it for them, right? Why don't you just go there? He says, I don't want a Monday morning quarterback it. No, Monday morning quarterback, anyone who doesn't know football, fine. I, I didn't know if I, but just to be safe. Monday morning, most football games are played on Sunday. Monday morning quarterback is basically the guy who doesn't play the game sitting in his armchair saying, oh, they should have done X, Y, Z. They should have done this, should have done that. That's how they would have won the game. That's what Monday morning quarterbacking means. The game's not over. There's no such thing as Monday morning quarterbacking in the middle of the game. That's just saying, hey, why don't you do this instead? Right? So they're acting like it's over. They're using the language that you use when it's over. But this is an ongoing crisis. As someone in the comment section just put, at this rate, they'll only get 2,400 Americans out of Afghanistan before the Taliban's August 31st deadline. It's not going to work. So why don't you reopen the other airfield? Get the Qataris, get the Pakistanis to help. Say, no, no, we don't have time to Monday morning quarterback. That's their answer for people having suggested um, solutions to choke points. And that'll be Monday morning quarterbacking. So it's the best ever, best withdrawal ever. And anyone who even remotely comes up with a plan that could make it a little bit better, they're a Monday morning quarterback. The game isn't over. The game isn't over. It's also like saying, oh, you're Monday morning quarterbacking when it's Monday morning and there's still Monday night football on at night. They're still trying to evacuate people. We played this a couple days ago, right? Gerald Ford, after the fall of um, Vietnam, he gets out there because Vietnam had fallen. Saigon had fallen. He went out there. And said, yeah, listen, I don't think it's time to Monday morning quarterback. I want to look forward. But that's because he'd already gotten everyone out. He said, listen, we got everyone out. We did the best we can. I'm sure people are going to look at it, but I'm not. I don't really want a Monday morning quarterback right now. I want to look forward. That's a fair answer once you've gotten everyone out. Joe Biden, not, how, not only has he not got everyone out, but his administration, despite all of his promises, his deputies, his press secretaries continue to present a possibility that the United States withdraws and leaves Americans behind enemy lines. That continues to be presented as a possibility. They are not unequivocally saying we will stay beyond August 31st as long as there's one American behind Taliban lines. They are at least floating the idea that they abandon Americans. So no, you don't get to say we don't Monday morning quarterback. 
right? You don't get to say that because when you're running, let's just keep the sports analogy. When you're running a team this abysmally, eventually ownership was going to come in and, and yank you out as the head coach. You don't have the right to blow the game. If you don't have it, you don't have it. In this, in this weird sports analogy, we are ownership. Americans, we are the ownership. Whether you realize it or not, you have power here. And as I said in the first hour, the polls have all gone down. A majority of Americans now believe Joe Biden is not competent enough to be president. That's not saying they don't like his policies. He's not competent. He just doesn't have it. Politicians are political creatures. You put pressure on them, they will cave too. Joe Biden doesn't have it. He is a threat every day. He is in that Oval Office. He's a threat to the nation. He is a threat to the world. He must be removed. Which again, why we're running a fax blast today. To put pressure on the members of Congress who care about the polling, pressuring them to do what it says, to put the politics aside, put country over politics and remove this man before he can do any more damage. So again, we're doing that fax blast today. Link is in the description and in the comment section. I just, it, it's so infuriating. I know eventually we're going to have to stop focusing on Afghanistan. Maybe eventually Joe Biden will get his act together. But it's just, it can't. I, I, I can't allow these people to spread these lies, lie after lie after lie, and just get away with it. I can't. I can't. So we saw Kamala Harris claim that this has been a successful drawdown of the embassy. <laughs> what the hell? Here's Kamala Harris laughing as she walks up to a reporter who's about to ask her about the Americans trapped in Afghanistan. Laughing. Laughing. Let's play it. Cut 17. What's your response to reports of Americans? Oh, hold on, hold on. Slow down, everybody. <laughs> um, I want to talk about two things. First, Afghanistan. We couldn't have a higher priority right now, and in particular, oh. our priority is making sure that we safely evacuate American citizens, oh my God. Okay, cut Afghans it. who work with us. Cut it. So she walks up, and the lady's like, what, what do you have to say about the American stock? And she goes, let's slow down, folks. Let's slow down. <laughs> we have the top priority to protect the American people. So top, so much of a top priority, she's not in the United States. She's in Asia. Not Afghanistan, not that part of Asia. She's in a different part of Asia. But she was going to Vietnam, and I think she's hitting up a couple other countries. <laughs> slow down. Slow down trying to hold me accountable. <laughs> let me get up. Let me, let me get the right posture. <laughs> and let me just say my line, and then we go, okay? <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is a master class on how not to respond to a crisis. It truly is. So here's a couple of news reports calling out Joe Biden and his administration on the lies. This is ABC admitting, admitting that the that the talking points from Biden do not match the reality on the ground. Let's play cut 18. I want to get to our senior foreign correspondent, Ian Pennell, with us live on the ground in Kabul, where he has been for many days now. And Ian, I want to get right to something the president was pressed on there uh, from our own Stephanie Ramos, who was there at the White House. She asked about uh, Americans and Afghans who are 
uh, in Kabul and beyond who are trying to uh, get to that airport. But as you have reported for many nights on World News Tonight, the Taliban controls the checkpoint, the Taliban and convoys around that country. How do you get those families to the airport? The president said he has no intelligence that Americans have been unable to get there. Uh, the question, obviously, does that square with reporting on the ground? I mean, just totally not. Uh, I mean, the reaction was was pretty much one of, of, I mean, it was breathtaking. No indication Americans can't get to the airport. I mean, last night on World News, we had American citizens who had exactly that experience. They tried to get to the airport. They had waived their American passports. The president talked about all they had to do was present their passports and they'd be allowed through. They were beaten by the Taliban uh, with uh, the rubber fan belt from a vehicle. Uh, multiple examples of Americans and Afghans, SIV applicants, who have now tried repeatedly. There's one woman we're tracking. She's back at the airport tonight. This is her third night in the row. The gates haven't opened. The Taliban haven't let her through. Uh, it, it just seems the reality and the rhetoric are miles apart. Uh, I'm not quite sure what, what advice the president's receiving, but the truth on the ground is that, that these people who are in fear of their lives can't get through. Can't get through. Americans beaten. So the president of the United States comes out and says, just hold up your passport, you'll get, walk, you'll get let right through. Americans listen to the president, they walk in, they hold up their passport, and they're beaten. What do you say with, with a belt from a fan motor of a car? Just beaten in the street. That's, that's, that's what happens to Americans under Joe Biden's leadership. Listen, now is not the time to travel abroad. I, I felt safer traveling abroad in the Middle East during the Arab Spring than I ever would feel going abroad now. Not because I'm worried that, that the other side is going to kill me. That's always a risk. For the first time ever, an American traveling abroad has to understand that they are on their own. The American government will not help them. This president will abandon them. Imagine, imagine if, if you had a hostage crisis at the embassy. I mean, thank goodness they got out. But he's worse than Jimmy Carter. As I said on the show last week, at least Jimmy Carter launched a rescue effort. It failed, but at least Jimmy Carter launched a rescue effort. The plane crashed. They had to abandon it, but at least he tried. At least he tried. He got a bad rap, and he deserved a lot of it, but at least he tried. That's what it all comes down to. Here's another clip admitting that there is no access to the airport right now. Cut number 19. Let's play it. Uh, they've also, this is the Americans, have closed all the gates access. There is no access to uh, the airport at the, mo at the moment except through one a British access point called Camp Barron, which is on the outskirts of the airport where people are processed there and then uh, moved into the airport once uh, they've been cleared to fly out. Now, that has been the case now for many hours. They closed the gates. So while Joe Biden is on television saying, just go to the airport, the U.S. military on the ground closed the gates. You cannot get into the airport. Even if you get there, you cannot get it. And when you get there, oh, guess what? There's some Taliban snipers that are going to shoot you in the back. Oh, and guess what? <laughs> if they shoot you in the back, the Americans are going to get startled, and they're just going to start shooting. Why? Because the enemy is wearing their same uniform. So they have no idea who they're shooting at, who's shooting at them. They have no idea. So friendly fire everywhere. And oh, guess what? You're in the middle of it. Even if you manage to get through the checkpoint, you're not getting to the airport, and you're in, a, you're in a kill zone in between two sides shooting at each other. 
This is the best Joe Biden could have done. It's baked in. It was always going to be this way. Always going to be this way. Donald Trump's plan wasn't perfect. It wasn't. His plan was to get out before the fighting season. So you know, like we have like football season. Here in the United States, you have football season. So if you're in high school, right, you show up for training camp and your football team, high school football team, in what, like, like June, July, August, if you want to show up for early. Then you have like one a day, two a days. And then football goes through the fall. And if you, in the playoffs, right, it goes into early winter. That's done. Well, the Afghans, they have a couple of weird sports in, in, involving, like, it's like one of the games they play is like polo, but with dead goats. I don't get it. Actually, it looks kind of fun if I wasn't just going to get murdered if I was there. But instead of football season, they have fighting season. That's when all of the fighters come in from other countries to shoot Americans, right? It's the fighting season. After the fighting season ends, all of those foreign fighters, they leave Afghanistan, go home to spend time with their families, and it's the offseason. So it's, it's so weird. It's like the offseason in, in baseball or football, but that's their offseason. So Trump's plan was to enter, leave Afghanistan before the fighting season, before all of those foreign fighters came to Afghanistan to shoot Americans. Thinking, hey, if we can get out before the fighting season, maybe they won't come because their, their whole goal is to kill Americans. That's why, they, that's why they do it. The love of the game. For the terrorists. Trump said, well, maybe if we leave before the fighting season, then um, then they won't come and there won't be as many Taliban there. And if there's not as many Taliban there, maybe Kabul doesn't fall as quickly. Maybe. Well, you don't know. Anything can happen. But that's far more logical than what President Applesauce has been doing over the past week and a half. The infantry guy saying, yep, it's true. It's all quiet during the winter until spring. Yes. Yes. Because... Because even the Afghans, as illiterate as they may be, they know more than Napoleon Bonaparte did. You don't fight in the winter. You don't fight in the winter. No one wants to fight in the winter when you're doing it because you enjoy killing Americans. You prefer to not kill Americans when the snow is up to your neck in some of these passes. So they're not dumb. They're not dumb. People ask me, what, what am I talking about? Polo with the dead goats. That is a real game. That's a real game. And yes, it was in it was in Rambo. It's been in a couple movies. But it is a real game with like dead goats. What, what I want to find the name of it. I describe it as polo with dead goats. I think that that's very accurate. It's it's Buzkashi. Buzkashi is the name. Go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. I think that is very accurate. It's it's polo, not water polo, just regular polo with dead goats where everyone rides on horseback and there's a dead goat. And they have to like lean over and grab the dead goat while they're on the horse. And they have to throw it into the goal area. And they're battling each other, knocking each other, trying to steal the dead goat. I think it's very accurate. <laughs> but now we know it is called Buzkashi. Buzkashi. And, and translated means goat pulling. Which, no, that's not a euphemism. Get your head out of the gutter. Stop it. Sicko. No, goat pulling is a game. It's a children's game. This is a family show. <laughs> Speaking of it being a family show, we're seeing just how abysmal this withdrawal is. Realize Joe Biden's leaving behind a lot of American men, women, not so many American children, though I'm sure there are some there, families of, of diplomats. But when it comes to the Afghans, there's a lot of women and children who are being left behind. We've seen really, really like heartbreaking images 
of people just handing their babies over over the wall to the Americans who are guarding so that the, basically the Afghans say, I can't get in the airport. Here's my child. He's sick. Take him. If we put up image 12, Mr. Producer, image number 12, this is a, it's actually, of all the pictures, this is pretty heartwarming. What I believe is a, a U.S. Marine, though anyone who knows the different camouflage might correct me. It's, it's been listed as a U.S. Marine. U.S. Marine caring for one of the infants that's been handed over. Been handed over the fence. I mean, that, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, obviously you don't become a Marine to hold a baby. You don't. But, <laughs> I mean, you look at the entire thing going on there, that's probably the most successful part of this whole mission. One baby got out. Sure, fine. You realize how abysmal this is. Realize that you you'll never need Joe Biden. Hopefully, knock on as Joe Biden says, knock on wood. You'll never need Joe Biden to protect you and airlift you. But emergencies do happen, and if you need to get to a hospital, there's no better partner than our sponsor, Air Med Care Network. Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and yours should any of you ever need to be airlifted to a hospital for a medical emergency. I say this a lot, you and your household. It's important to mention the $85 for one year covers your household, not just you, not just your spouse, but the children in your household, right? So obviously if you go for the senior discount, which is less than $85 a year, the household part doesn't count because presumably your children are off adults living somewhere else. But if you want coverage for your, your family, it's your household, it's your kids too. And we all would do anything for our kids, right? We would. I, 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 crawl through hot coals for my sons. And yeah, if an emergency strikes, you're going to want to get them to the hospital as fast as possible. A lot of times that is by airlift. Well, it's expensive. We don't think about money. It's all about get them there as fast as they can. But after everyone's recovered and better, the bills start piling up. And yeah, an airlift by helicopter to a hospital upwards of 60 grand. I don't have 60 grand lying around. It'll bankrupt me. Well, Airmake Care Network, as I said, exists to make sure that doesn't happen. With their network of, of pilots around the country, they fly over 100,000 patients a year. And when you're an Air Med Care Network, as long as you're flying, flown by one of their providers, you won't pay one cent for that flight. So again, it's $85 for one year, less if you're a senior citizen, less if you buy three or five years at a time. And you're going to want to go to the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And as a bonus, when you use promo code daily, you're, they're going to give you up to $50 back, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. But yeah, no, that, uh, put up that image 12 again, that U.S. Marine. It's not what he trained for. It's not what he would prefer to be doing. I'm sure they, the Marines would be preferring to take the fight to the enemy. But right now, that picture, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm choking up just looking at it because you realize that that's 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 some father, that's some mother who did what every American wants to do. Give their child a better life than they had. But that's 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 the true American dream. Everyone says the American dream is is prosperity. Yeah, it's part of it. But the American dream is to leave your children a better life than you had it. It's what so many people strive to do. So realize that soldier is holding that baby because the parents didn't get through the checkpoint. Parents didn't make it through. Despite Joe Biden's promise that they're going to get everyone out, they didn't. That baby likely got handed through. So that baby will avoid the Taliban. That baby will not grow up under Taliban rule. I don't want to misgender the baby. Can't tell. <laughs> that young. 
But if that baby is a girl, that baby will be spared a lifetime of heartache. Boy, too. I mean, <laughs> life under the Taliban isn't fun if you're a boy either. Talked about the other day, Bachabazi. That literally translates to boy play, where Afghans have sex with little boys. It's not gay, though. They don't consider that to be gay. It's just boy play. No, getting that kid out of Afghanistan is probably the best thing that ever happened to him. So I choke up because <laughs> who, which one of us wouldn't do the same for our kids? We all would. And, and you look at that, and that's the heart, that's the kind of heartbreaking picture that Joe Biden says couldn't have it any other way. So the notion that the mother, father, and kid get to the gate, but the gate's closed because it's not safe, and they're forced to hand over their baby alone to the soldiers to hopefully give the baby a better life. That's the best we could have ever done. We couldn't have started the withdrawal a week before, so it wasn't just a sea of people pushing up against a locked gate. Could have done it any better, Joe? Could have done it any better? No, you, you could have done it better. There could have been a way to get the mother and father with that baby. To say that that's just it and it had to be that way is, is hopelessly arrogant. But that's Joe Biden. That's Joe Biden for you. A couple more clips. Um, so there's no access to the airport. Oh, I, I, I want to show this. So no, not going to rip on that U.S. Marine. He's doing the job he has to do in that moment. Right now, he has to take care of that baby. What would you have him do? Put the baby down? No, he has to take care of that baby. I want to show you what the French are doing. These aren't even French soldiers. My understanding is that these are French police. Maybe they're soldiers. Maybe they're like a military police or hybrid. They go ahead, put up image 13, Mr. Producer. These are the French. Obviously, their face is blurred to stop them from being suicided or killed by the, by the enemy. The French drop their, their soldiers, police. I don't speak French, so it, it seems like it's a hybrid of the two. They drop them in Kabul. Go to image 14. Image 14, the French are there getting their people out. I'm pretty sure that one's police. That one looks like he's police. Go to image 15. Image number 15. Yep, they're getting their people out. That's Those are French police, I'm told. And image 16, last one. Yep, the French police processing who they're bringing. Because they're doing vetting. They're vetting them. What a shock. Oh, my goodness. We're going we're gonna to vet. The people that we're bringing into our country to make sure we don't bring bad people. Wow. Leave it to the French. Leave it to the French to, to, to do it right. <laughs> no, the French can do it. No, he can't. You think in all of those ribbons, put up back up image zero, image number zero, you think out of all of the ribbons on Millie's uniform, you think one of them, you think one of them would have been to teach him not to leave anyone behind. You thought one of them might have been, hey, we, we get everyone out. thought one of them might be, hey, we leave the base to save people. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I was in the military. I know that you get rewarded for different operations, different trainings that you undergo. Um, so I, I don't know what all those medals mean. But you would have thought at some point, at some point, he would have learned how to do the job. I mean, they're not entirely like Boy Scout badges, but you think that at some point he'd get the merit badge for 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 just standing up straight and doing the right thing, right? Or or being brave for just 10 minutes 
and issuing an order that you're terrified of. But no. Now he found a way to get all he found a way to get all of those ribbons, all of those medals, and still lack a pair of balls. Amazing. But hey, it's a very fluid military these days. So this next clip I'm gonna play is a little bit it's not good news, but I enjoy it. Rod Sanders is absolutely running for president. Absolutely. He wouldn't be weighing in. He wouldn't be weighing in on all of these issues, all these crises, crises, if he wasn't running for office. He's absolutely running. I hope it doesn't become Ron DeSantis versus Donald Trump. I hope it doesn't, right? Because we don't have time to, to fight amongst ourselves. But he's absolutely running. And this is a clip of DeSantis. Oh, sorry. Don Axe said there aren't medals, there are ribbons. Put up image zero again. Image zero one more time. There are a couple medals there. So, yeah, majority of them are ribbons, but you can obviously, there are medals. I mean, I'm not in the military, but I, I know those at the bottom, they're medals. So there are medals. Ribbons and medals. So this is a clip of Ron DeSantis ripping Joe Biden on Afghanistan. And I want to play it. It, it. It's worth it. So let's go ahead and play this. This is cut number 20. Well, I think it's humiliating for our country what's happening. I think that a lot of people that served over there, I mean, I know people that have served years over there over multiple deployments. A lot of us do. There's people that served and then their kids have served over there. So there's been a lot of, of, uh, of blood and, and effort and, and tears and toil put over there. And I understand and, and understand you can't stay there forever. I do think we, we need to redeploy. Uh, but you got to do that by protecting the Americans who are there first and foremost. We've got thousands and thousands of Americans that have really nowhere to go. They're fighting to get out from behind Taliban lines, and I fear that the worst is yet to come on that. Also, the fact that we would be gifting billions of dollars of military equipment to Taliban and, and terrorist forces, uh, that should have been taken care of. And so. Uh, all those Americans over there, uh, I think it's really, really been disgraceful, and I don't think it's uh, the type of operation that is um, consistent with the sacrifice that so many of our veterans made. You know, our veterans were asked to go to all kind of places. Now, I served in Iraq, I didn't do Afghanistan, uh, but there were similarities in terms of being in you know, really hostile areas, uh, having to do these different operations, and then hoping that you have a decent government the fact of the matter is, uh, after 20 years, uh, there's been a lot of failures on the political front, and uh, I, there's been no accountability that I've seen. Has a single person tendered their resignation as a result of this? Has anyone been fired? Have we seen anything? It just seems like with our, our national government, if you're part of the Beltway clique, you don't have any consequences. As long as you're part of the in-group, you can fail upwards and keep failing upwards. I think there needs to be some accountability for this. Uh, this is not the way we want to see uh, the United States um, proceed, uh, behave abroad, and, and it is humiliating for our country. I think it's, it's a gut punch for a lot of veterans and active duty, uh, but this is not the way that this is supposed to be handled. Well, I thank all the veterans who served. I mean, obviously after 9-11, we had to go and we had uh, a score to settle with the people that attacked our towers and our Pentagon and tried to attack the Capitol and kill thousands of our fellow citizens. 
and we needed to go in, we needed to route the Taliban, we needed to route Al-Qaeda. Um, you know, I wish at that time we, we probably bit off more politically than we could chew by trying to create some type of government. But I think from, from day one in October of 2001, when this started, till the present, anytime the military has had uh, on the ground a mission, our guys have, have done it. And the people that serve, serve honorably, they serve with distinction. And, and I don't think they ever failed us once. The people that failed us, you know, have been the elites and the people in government and the people in the suits uh, who think that they know more than they actually do. Yes, ma'am. So he's absolutely running for office. And he said something that is spot on. Has anyone tendered their resignation? Has anyone been fired? No, no, no one. Because Joe Biden truly believes this is the best that could have been done. They are sticking to it. That is their narrative. They are going to go down with the ship clinging to that false narrative. This is the best that could have been done. Couldn't have been done any better. So no, they won't fire anyone. They, there won't be any resignations. But I'll tell you, after war, there typically is this process known as reduction in rank. And what that means is you, in order to fight a war, you need a lot of generals. You do. Because you have generals that need to be put in different areas to manage a war effort. Well, after the war, you don't need all those generals. So even if people attained those ranks during wartime, it is very common in U.S. history for those ranks to be reduced after war. And there's a number of reasons for that. But chief among them, if we're being completely honest, it, it, it comes down to benefits, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that's part of it. But there, it's very common to see a reduction in ranks. So generals get um, get demoted, what, down to like colonel or whatever. Um, colonel get, would get demoted as well. Um, you, just, you see that down the line because they're no longer needed in those higher up positions. You can't just have a, a, thousands of generals running around the country. If we're going to do that, now that Afghanistan is lost, I think Mark Milley should start. Right? Doesn't that make sense? Just go with Mark Milley. Go with the rest of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Just de-rank, reduce the rank of everyone in higher up positions in the Pentagon. This is, <laughs> we're going to do it. Got to do it now. But they won't. Now, Mark Milley will get a parade. Get a parade. He'll get, another, he'll get another ribbon. That's for sure. The bungling Afghanistan withdrawal ribbon. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they added a ribbon for this withdrawal operation. I wouldn't be surprised. They give it to all the people in, in D.C. who never touched foot on Afghan soil. Yeah, I wouldn't be all that surprised. So before we end today... I want to end with a little bit of a high note. Donald Trump is back to doing rallies. I don't know if you watched the one over the weekend. Fire, electric. The crowd, stunning. Left, left to the tune of Sweet Home Alabama. Amazing. But he said something, which is the title of our show. The title of our show, Mark the Time, Mr. Producer, is Everything Woke Turns <laughs> It's true. And, and just like Joe Biden in Afghanistan, absolutely true. It's the title of the show because it's the line that Donald Trump delivered at his at his speech. So I'll play that for you. Let's play this. Donald Trump, cut 21. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke. Everything woke. It's true. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? It's true. Absolutely true. Think about everything, everything in our country, whether it's the border, whether it's inflation, Afghanistan, 
<clears throat> the new gun control policy being enacted by Joe Biden, which, as we mentioned, banning entire calibers of ammunition from being imported into the United States, all as a sanction. Yeah, everything woke turns. It does. It does. I'm going to I'm going to have to Miss Brewster. I'm going to find a I'm going to find my old graduate school binders because we were forced to read a whole scholarly paper dealing with political bullshit and they used it as an actual scientific term. So I'm going to find that. And once we do, we're going to have you stop censoring the word. So I'm going to, I'm going to spend the, the week trying to f- go through my old papers and find it because it really isn't a bad word. It really is. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you guys like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio version. Very, very important. If you watch it live, that's great. And we have videos and clips and everything, but our advertisers, only care about audio downloads. That's how they measure whether we're successful. So if you don't download it and you watch it live, it's great, but then we don't get to prove the numbers and fewer people advertise with us. So please do, even if you watch us live, subscribe to the audio edition of the podcast. That's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean. And more people are doing it. More and more people every day are doing it because we just hit 86. We're rising up back up in the rankings again. 86 most most popular political podcasts. We used to be eight. We were number eight. And then we got hit with the shadow banning and all that, and we dropped. And now we're rising back up again. So help us. Also, if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you have an iPhone, an iPad, a MacBook, any Apple device, please, if you haven't already, do leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's another way that it helps us rise in the rankings. We need your help. We're going up again, but we want to shoot to the moon. We can't do it without you. We also go live Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, DLive, Twitch, conservative-daily.com, and CloudHub. So make sure you check us out there as we go live at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out all the links in our description, including the Facts Blast for today. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.